The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by PennyMac TPO, the lending partner with the products, people, and technology to serve your customers and help you grow your business in the best ways possible. It's why they say, at PennyMac, greatness lives here. PennyMac TPO is a division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, equal housing lender. NMLS ID number 35953. Loans not available in New York. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. The Federal Reserve hasn't had any success getting inflation under control. So what will happen when the Open Market Committee meets again next week? Welcome to The Principal. I'm Mike Savino. And today I'm head of multimedia for the Mortgage News Network. And today I'm joined by Connell Fullenkamp. He's an economics professor at Duke University. He's going to help us look ahead to next week's meeting. Connell, thanks for joining me. It's a pleasure. So I guess just first off, um, you know, we keep seeing this problem where the, the Fed is is raising rates. They're taking whatever actions are in their limited powers. And yet inflation, not only are they not getting it out of control, it, it's going up. I mean, what, what's going on with all of this? <laughs> well, yeah, part of it is, you know, this is a process. You know, monetary policy is frustrating in the sense that it takes a long time to affect the economy. Um, in, in economic policy circles, we talk about the, these, this phenomenon called an inside lag and an outside lag. Inside lag is the time it takes for you to like recognize the problem and do something about it. Outside lag is the time it takes for the action that you take to actually affect the economy. So the, 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 the we have the problem in monetary pol- or monetary policy where the inside lag is really quick because the Fed is looking at the economy all the time. They meet every six weeks and they make a decision. They have a long outside lag because it takes a long time for monetary policy to affect the economy. That's the first big problem there. So, you know, the Fed just started raising rates in a serious way early in 2022. And so it's really going to take to the end of 2022 and into 2023 before we really see the full effect of the monetary policies, uh, the changes that were made in, you know, in January, February, right? So that, that's part of the problem. The other part of the problem, of course, is that the Fed is moving at a pace that really is, while it's prudent, it may not necessarily be fast enough. And that started with the fact that they let the problem go too long in 2021. And now their their actions, uh, the actions that they're taking, while, yeah, they are bigger than normal, they still may not be fast enough to really get inflation under control quickly. And so, you know, with that context, I mean, what what do we think is going to happen when they meet next week? I know talking with you back in June, you, like almost everybody else, thought we were looking at a, at a 50 point basis hike. Then, of course, some numbers came in, you know, with with CPI and with the, the yeah. Michigan Consumer Confidence Index that really kind of jarred everybody and, and even the Fed. And they ended up surprising us with the 75 basis point hike. What do you think is going to happen this time with certainly more bad information since the last meeting? Yeah, I still think they're going to stick with the 75 basis point. Um, I think, you know, I think, first of all, they, they've laid out, they've kind of laid their path, and I think they're going to have to stick with it. And I, I really think that if they have to go higher, that there's a strong negative signal that they really are, uh, they're acknowledging that they, they're at, that the inflation is out of control, and they don't know what they're doing. So I think sticking to the 75 basis points is as much signaling their own confidence that they're that they're getting the situation under control as it is anything else. 
Um, and, and I mean, interest rates have to go up. They have to keep putting the brakes on the economy um, and trying to hit us with this idea that we're going to do it consistently and do it in measured steps. And we we think that's, that this is the right thing and, and we think we're getting it under control. I think that's going to be a really impo- important message precisely because of the reasons you just brought up, right? It doesn't look like things are, are working yet. And the Fed can signal confidence by saying, hey, have some patience. This takes time and we're sticking with it. And we're doing the right thing. I think that's going to be a very important part of the message that comes out you know, at this meeting. And sort of on that point, I mean, because Chairman Jerome Powell kind of hinted to the similar idea that, you know, if you look at some of the underlying numbers, at least at June, uh, he didn't feel that things were as bad as the, the headline of, you know, high eights. And yet, you know, you look at the Michigan Consumer Confidence Survey and people are very pessimistic. And he made the point consumers see the headline number. And if they're worried about inflation, that can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So, I mean, do you re- do you think that that is something that the Fed is really thinking about that? Yeah, there's all this monetary policy and we need to think about the markets and the numbers and the, the, the way everybody operates. But we also need to think about the average consumer and just what they think about what's going on. Yeah, I think I think that's totally correct. In fact, the Fed's biggest fear is that those expectations get embedded into wage demands and into consumer behavior, right? If you think prices are going up, then you're going to start buying stuff now. And guess what? That starts pushing prices up. And if you think prices are going up, you're going to go to your boss and say, I need a raise. And, you know, it's either that or I I go find another job and your boss gives you a raise and they pass the cost on to somebody else and we're locked to this inflation spiral. You know, so consumer expectations are incredibly important. And one of the big, I think, one of the big questions that the Fed is facing is, um, they, they use this term anchoring. They say, you know, how well anchored are consumer expectations? How, in other words, how much do people ignore the headline inflation numbers and say, yeah, in the long run, inflation is going to be okay. It's going to be back to 2% or 2.5%. You know, that's an open question. And certainly the longer these inflation numbers stay really high, the less sure we can be that people actually believe that. Um, and uh, as we've seen, uh, people's uh, expectations of inflation kind of fluctuate up and down. And it's hard to nail down and understand what people expect for the next year versus the next two years, three years, whatever. And, you know, in, in some sense, some of these longer term ex- inflation expectations also really matter. And so we're into an area where it's really, really hard to make, you know, a precise judgment about what in the world's going on, but it, it is certainly very important. And the Fed is really paying attention to that. You can be sure. I think one of the other potential issues here is, is, you know, the way the Fed calculate or not the Fed, but the way we see the the uh, Labor Department calculating some of these CPI numbers that the Fed is acting on, particularly of our interest, housing. And, you know, yeah. we're already seeing housing is, you know, the highest uh, increase in, in 30 years. And yet we see a lot of criticism about how that number, those numbers lags. And so when you're seeing yes. home prices skyrocket and rent skyrocket earlier this year, that's not even showing up yet. And obviously that's something you can't really afford. You know, you can even try to spend less on gas and food. You can't spend less on hose. On exactly. So yeah. What, what is that going to do to inflation through the summer and into the fall? Right. It's, it's one of those things that, can, that is going to keep inflation higher. So there's been a lot of talk in the, in the last few weeks about, you know, gas prices and oil prices easing and some other prices going uh, going down a little bit. But yeah, those those rental numbers are going to keep the inflation going to keep it solid and high. I mean, it, there if, uh, you know, if we're expecting inflation to fall by, you know, multiple points, I just think, you know, rent is going to be one of those things that's keeping it 
close to where it's at. I I do think inflation numbers are going to are going to are going to hopefully they peaked. I think they're going to fall, um, but I don't expect them to fall a whole lot for a while. Precisely because of that reason, because these rental numbers are still really high, and you know that's going to continue to to be out there. I, I I don't think we've seen the last of the the kind of pressure from the rental markets. The housing market is really uh, is uh, is really still pushing rental prices up, and we're going to be feeling that for quite a while. Don't miss the nation's largest show for successful mortgage pros. Originator Connect returns to Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas, August 18th through the 21st. See us at OriginatorConnect.com. It's simply the greatest mortgage conference in the known universe. OriginatorConnect.com. Powell has touched on the housing market at each of the last few meetings. Obviously, the Fed doesn't directly control mortgage rates, but is that somewhere where we might, like, the Fed is going to be watching housing and, and mortgage rates and could that be a big influence in what the Fed does? And also sort of how, you know, talk to me about the interrelationship between what the Fed's going to do and where we think mortgage rates will go. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think at, at times the Fed is really very concerned with the mortgage, the mortgage market, rightly so, uh, because that's one of the main ways you're going to see uh, monetary policy affect the economy. Um, you know, the, the dynamics we have in the mortgage market right now are such that I think the Fed is certainly concerned, but I think they're going to pay less attention to it be, precisely because um, you know, the, the housing starts are down. A lot of people have left the market altogether because they've been priced out already. And so in some sense, you know, I hate to say it, but I think the damage has been done, right? The Fed, the Fed has a re- lot of reason to be concerned about mortgage rates because of their, fa- their effect on the average family. Well, guess what? The average family can't buy a house right now and they're not in the market. So for in some sense, it, it's kind of a, a, a get out of jail free card and say, yeah, go ahead and jack up mortgage rates some more because you know we've already we've already priced out the the people who you know are going to be really hurt by higher mortgage rates. They're already gone um, for the most part, and so um, yeah, I think I, I, I I'm I'm kind of wondering whether the Fed is. is um, yeah, you know, they think it's okay, you know, to continue to raise interest rate, and that's part, of, you know, that's part of the cost. That's part of why it, it's really awful to have inflation get into the economy because you have to do things like that. You have to raise the interest rates so much that people are priced out of the housing market and have to stay renters for a long time. Um, and I, I think we're just in one of those situations, and I think the Fed understands that. And and looking at rates, uh, uh, obviously they were headed towards six as people expected. The Fed uh, would keep jacking up the the federal rate. Then it kind of slipped, and now we're. It seems like we're going back up with with concerns about a recession. Are we finally going to get through six, or where do you where do you think things will head with the the mortgage market? I really think we're going to go through six. I, I, again, it's a it's a matter of time. These, um, the I think the Fed's going to have to come back in future FOMC meetings and continue to raise the rates. And you know, the the if for no other reason, just to maintain a reasonable spread uh, relative to the benchmark, the the, the mortgage rates are going to have to go up. We're also, and on the point of recession, we're seeing, you know, there's been concerns for a while, but but they're growing again. Uh, Fannie Mae now predicting we'll see a recession uh, at the start of next year. We also saw the Mortgage Bankers Association, they're calling it a coin flip, but, you know, again, their window lines up with that early part of next year. Uh, Jamie Dimon with, with JP Morgan Chase last week, con- continuing his concerns. W- what do you think is going to happen? Do you think that they're right? Or do you think that their timing is right as well? Yeah, I think that, I think that we're looking at a recession in in early 2023, the, the start of that. Um, to me, the big question is how how uh, deep it's going to be. 
I'm really hopeful it's going to be a fairly mild recession, especially since we're starting with such a, a high level of employment and such a low level of unemployment um, and, you know, really good fundamentals everybody keeps talking about. And, you know, those may or may not matter in the long run, but I think we're in a real, I mean, if we had to go into a recession, we're in a relatively good place. And so, uh, uh, you know, a mild recession hopefully is in the cards where um, we get we get a you know we get a couple of quarters of bad GDP and, and unemployment goes up by you know a couple of percent and then we uh, uh, the the price numbers and stuff start to come down sufficiently so that we can uh, get back on a growth path. Uh, I think that's kind of the best case scenario right now. I I just don't think that a soft landing is in the cards. Um, the Fed is the Fed has really had to put push on the brakes and hold them tight for several meetings. And they're still going to have to do that for more if they're really going to squeeze inflation out of the economy to the extent that they can. Your, your hope for a, a you know, an, an easy, a, a very shallow recession, obviously nobody can really predict where things will go, but are there things, you know, how optimistic are you that it won't be a deep recession? Are there things that you're looking at, whether it's the, the war in Ukraine and the effect on fuel prices or, in food, I mean, is there something out there right now that obviously is out of our control that has you worried that, you know, this could be worse than we're expecting? Yeah, yeah, certainly the 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 fuel, the, the energy situation in Europe to me is the big wild card because that could just do just really bad things to energy prices again this fall and winter. And um, that could really uh, push us much deeper into a recession through the supply side shock that then we then we need to go into um, uh, the the. The supply chain issues may actually be helped by a mild recession because if the demand slackens off, it gives suppliers a breathing room to straighten out these tangled supply chains. And that actually might actually it might actually get us through the recession quicker and get us onto a growth path again. And again, tamp down that inflation, that extra amount that that would allow the Fed to uh, to take its foot off the brake sooner. Um, but but yeah, that, that's my big concern. Uh, otherwise, um, you know, again, the fundamentals of the economy are actually pretty good. Uh, it's just the fact that we've had so much overstimulation in the economy. We, you know, we, we have to take that out somehow. And unfortunately, this is the way we have to do it. Yeah. And of course, you know, the, the looking back to the most recent one, there's certainly a difference in that a lot of the mortgages that have been sold up until recently were at very low rates and things people can afford as long as they have a job. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's really good news. You know, I, I, I go back to, uh, you know, 2007 uh, and 2008, and there was a big concern about, you know, mortgage res- mortgage rates resetting on all the ARMs and, 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 and people couldn't afford it, even if they had a job. Right. So, yeah, in that in that sense, um, given the you know, given what's happened in the job market uh, and, and the fact that, as you said, mortgage rates are really low. Mortgages are really affordable as long as you know you didn't overborrow, and I think that's you know again contributing to the solid fundamentals of the economy that could keep the the recession on the mild side. Certainly, a lot of attention on, on what the Fed will do next week. Connell, thanks for joining me. It's a pleasure. And we'll have the rest of your headlines right after this word. This podcast was brought to you by PennyMac TPO. Visit tpo.pennymac.com to learn more about becoming a partner and starting your journey to greatness. Here's the rest of your headlines for today, July 21st. Friday is the last day to submit nominees to be a powerful woman in mortgage banking. We're looking to celebrate successful trailblazing women, especially those working in finance, technology, the C-suite, places you don't normally expect to see a lot of women. We're also looking for women who are great mentors for the next generation. Self-nominations are welcome. You can submit nominations by visiting nationalmortgageprofessional.com. 
Selectees will be notified at the end of August and will be featured in the October issue of Mortgage Banker magazine. FHA Director Sandra L. Thompson told the House Committee on Financial Services Wednesday that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are still well short of their required capital reserves. The two government-sponsored entities are supposed to have $300 billion combined. As of today, they're only at $83.5 billion. Thompson also says that the FHFA is taking steps to make sure Fannie and Freddie's books are sound, including incentivizing the agencies to transfer more risk to private firms. She was trying to address concerns from Republicans, who say Fannie and Freddie are undercapitalized and engaging in practices that put the entire housing finance system at risk. This has been The Principal, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All podcasts are produced by T.G. Kutamperor, Matthew Mullins, and Sarah Woolock. Mike Savino is head of multimedia, and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate, and the music you hear now is Glossy by Skygaze. You can find episodes of The Principal at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com, or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review so that others can find us. Thanks for listening.